Welcome to Model Rail Radio. I'm Tom Barblay, and this is being recorded live on Skype, March 27th, 2021. Model Rail Radio is the internet's only live recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model railroading. We obviously recorded a morning show, maybe why I'm a little hoarse. We are now recording the afternoon evening version. And in between the first recording and the second recording, Mike Slater posted on Facebook about a discovery that he made at an estate sale. And I thought this would be an interesting topic to kick off the show. Mike? Yes. As many of you know, I uh, collect vintage Lionel trains and that. And I occasionally always, uh, there's a webpage called estatesales.net where a lot of estate sale companies post uh, estate sales. And you can search by your geographical area. Always kind of take a look at them, you know, before the weekend. And notice this one estate sale posted some pictures. And uh, even though they didn't really say that they had many uh, train-related items, they did mention in the descriptions for the trains, so I, when I did do the search on that webpage with the trains or railroad, this one estate auction or estate sale popped up, and looking at the pictures, I noticed what appeared to be a vintage pre-war Lionel Curve tunnel from probably the um, late 1920s, early 1930s uh, time period. What was it made uh, out of? It's actually... Um, Quite interesting with the the material. The bases either would have thin plywood or cardboard. This particular one's got cardboard on the base. And then as far as the the tunnel itself, the tunnel portals have a, a wood underframe, so they would have cut the portals out on a bandsaw. Tunnel itself is um, you know looking and doing the investigating because I've never personally had one of these tunnels before. It appears to be some type of a felt material. Wow. Uh, even though it was. Uh, Described by some people as like a paper mache, but mm-hmm. to me it looks like a like a grayish felt. Interesting. That may have been uh, kind of formed over some type of a form, and then uh, of course it was painted uh, different paints. And with these tunnels, all the pictures I found on the internet, there appears to be no two tunnels that are exactly the same because they're all hand formed and they're mm-hmm. all hand painted. So some will have more snow on the peaks of the mountain, some won't. So they're all uh, unique. Places. They're all unique. Yeah, they're all unique. So um, in terms of, I mean, is it a curved tunnel? Is it a straight tunnel? Can you just cut it and make it if you want it either way? Uh, no, this is set up as, as a curved tunnel. Lionel back then sold either a straight tunnel or a curved tunnel. Interesting. I would say probably most times people would have pro- probably bought a straight tunnel mm-hmm. than, than the curved tunnel. Uh, so they appear to be a little bit more rare. Unfortunately, it was an old gauge curved tunnel and not the standard gauge. Oh, interesting. Uh, tunnel. So uh, it's a little bit smaller. A little bit smaller. If it was the standard gauge tunnel, it would be a tunnel that's worth in excess of probably a thousand dollars. Gosh. Doing a little bit of research, if this one didn't have the the hole in the the mountain, uh, it probably would be a tunnel that would be worth several hundred dollars. Interesting. So you still got it as a seal, right, at the estate sale? Or did they know what they were holding? Uh, they didn't have a clue what they had because I gave them a whopping $3. Wow. Mike Slater. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. You're a hustler, Mike Slater, when it comes to Lionel trains. I like it. I like it a lot. So are you, are you going to do repairs to it? Are you going to actually use it as a tunnel or is it just part of your eclectic collection? I, I haven't have not determined if I'm going to try to repair the tunnel in that, but it's uh, something that I'm right now I'm doing the research on and mm. trying to find uh, the proper way of doing it before I attempt doing, to do anything with it. 
So I hear plates being collected, which is the universal sign that dinner is about to be served. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Slater is in his kitchen currently uh, waiting for dinner. So I'll let you get back to dinner, Mike. But I thought that was just a classic story that I wanted to get recorded on Model Row Radio. So thank you uh, very much for kicking off the show. Yep. And I'll be on standby to make any comments throughout the show. Terrific. I'll talk to you soon, Mike. Take care. A gentleman who my wife asked after, for obvious reasons, Jim Gifford. It's been about four months since the recording of show 200. Your 2020 was even worse than most. How's 2021 shaping up for you? Good morning, Tom. A better year, hopefully. (laughs) um, I've actually got the new booster in, and after some gremlins, got it working, so that's good. And uh, we've started recommissioning. Basically, the um, upper and lower levels have been cleaned and CRC'd, Mm -hmm. so that's uh, good connectivity. Loco still remains to be recommissioned, and I've got to finish cleaning hunting in, in the TV room. Did hunting uh, to get the vast majority of the damage, the water damage, or was there some water damage still in the main layout room? There was some humidity in the main layout room because some water got into the carpet. Luckily, the carpet was commercial grade in there, and we didn't have to rip it up. And it didn't stink or anything afterwards, which was not. So the water damage was mainly uh, in the TV room on the backdrop. And Peter Jackson has come and used his artistic skills, and we've pretty well covered all that up. Wonderful. I think there was a bit of that on the blog towards the end of last year. Certainly. Yeah, Peter's been a dynamo coming and helping me in the recommissioning. What he got done in a day would have taken me two weeks. Mm. <laughs> It's funny that your crew contains people with the right kinds of knowledge at the right kinds of time. So good to good to know. So Peter is Peter's doing the the mop up clean up work. You know, I've been moving everything out of the way because obviously when you do these things, everything has to get moved. Yes, <laughs> and it's it's quite a quite a big task. We think that one more full day will probably get us to a point where things you know we can have it all ready to run. I guess I'm finding I've got at the moment. Quite a few of my locos are not running properly. Mm. So what I've been doing at the moment is just taking them off and heading towards the workbench. And we have to find out why, whether the whether it's just that all the oil's dried up or the grease has gone hard or, or whether there's corrosion on pickups. Mm. Haven't quite got to that yet. Okay. Certainly there's oh, half a dozen had to come off because they're not going to run. Mm. Who knows whether that could have been tied up with the electrical gremlins and, and the decoders got scrambled. Don't know. So they'll just have to go on the workbench and we'll work through that. Certainly. In terms of your so, crew? Uh, we had an ops, first op session for the year at Wayne's cool. uh, this week, which was great. And Dazzy was up there for the running session. And he let me know. Yes. It sounds wonderful. Yes. He asked me to say hello this morning because he's on night shift. So he said Aye. he's... Uh, He's asleep at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good. He's got a little project that I'm going to mock up for him. He's got a four-track grade crossing. Wonderful. He wants a bit of help with setting up an Arduino to do the grade crossing. He wants sound and lights. So we're just going through what sort of distances they are, you know, what he wants to achieve, what sort of sound on the bell and all that sort of stuff. Is he using... Lamps or LEDs for his crossing. 
and all that sort of stuff. So working through that, I'll red board it up and get it to the point where he's happy with what he's seen. Mm. Um, we're just going to use IR detectors either side of the crossing. Certainly. Yeah, and they'll be separate. It won't won't be the the package units that say Uncle Larry's been um, <laughs> using on all sorts of stuff. These will be separate senders and receivers yes. so that we can align them over and along the distance because it looks like it's about a eight or ten inch between sender and receiver situation. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. But uh, certainly, I know from my layout, if you put the senders and receivers inside some tubes to, to get rid of the extraneous stuff and, uh, and align them properly, they're very reliable. Certainly. You know, over working on Roscoe's layout. How's that um, looking? He's got some major electrical issues. Ah. Not quite sure what he's done, but <laughs> we've managed to, somewhere in the maze, cross-connect booster 2 and booster 3 main feeds. Ah. So at the moment, what we're doing is... Going out, going through and taking out redundant wiring, well, let's just say there's probably, we've probably taken out 30 or 40 rotary switches from old DC gosh, days. Gosh, Plus all the, you know, the five cabs that go with it. Yes. So been thinning that out and gradually I'm trying to get back to the five cab backbone that went round the room mm. that hasn't got, you know, multiple connections coming off it and going somewhere. Right. So... I think it'll take us another few weeks to get that sorted. We've got the top level running and got got the island on the bottom running. Wonderful. But the other two sides, because we've got a booster that does the west and south and another booster that does the north and the east, at the moment there's a cross-connection in there somewhere. Mm. He doesn't know where. And, of mm. course, we haven't got any documentation. No. Um, <laughs> so so um, the plan is to rip out and simplify, basically. Until you've cleared oh, the yeah, blockage. Yeah, rip out and simplify, yeah. Mm. Um, Interesting. So we've, instead of having the rotaries and selecting the rotaries for a particular booster, just like the old DC does. Certainly. We're actually hard wiring. We're taking the rotaries out and hard wiring to a cab to a booster. Has that, that will, central, I mean, has that part ever really worked properly? That seems to, from the general description, that seems to be an area that's just been avoided basically up until now, or has he been able yeah. to run stuff in there? It worked okay in DC times, but there's been extra tracks added and all sorts of things over the years. Occasionally, I think that some of the methodology wasn't quite right, but sections that should be on booster two, if I isolate booster two and turn on booster three, I've got track power mm. and vice versa. So obviously at somewhere in one of the panels or in something he's done, it's crossed. Mm. So I've got to uh, got to fix it. Right. That'll just take time. Certainly, certainly. Um, and, and Roscoe was out pretty well out of service or at least socially isolating more than the rest of your crew through last year, right? Or working yeah, on something else? Roscoe, or? Roscoe and Don were both isolating a little bit more than the normal, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roscoe also had some issues with his structural issues with the house. So certainly. Kind of curtailed. He didn't, didn't get to do much at all for months. So. Right. Yeah, Chris is still working away on his scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the last couple of times we're due to go to Chris's, so I was away or crook or medical mm. or something. I haven't been there for a while. Barry's layout design is coming on. He's actually now given it to Derek to do an engineering review. Interesting. Yeah, so because uh, Derek being the engineer he is, even mm-hmm. though he's in moved to Melbourne, 
is still happy to review stuff in the group. So he's he's taking checking Barry's design to make sure that it works. They've done it in any rail, so they've both got any rail. So yeah, just the sharing the the CAD stuff on any rail. Because Derek's the he's a proficient user of any rail, mm. whereas the rest of us think we know how to use it. Fair enough. That's probably the the biggest thing. We've still got boxes everywhere in this house. I wonder whether we'll ever get them all unpacked. <laughs> Believe me, that's my feeling too. But uh, yes, yeah, eventually. Yeah. So, uh, nice to hear that you've you've made it to Vegas. You yes. actually set yourself up slowly but surely. I think the uh, the twins look like they're coming in late April now. I don't know how these three, two, one letter acronym doctors pick the dates, but apparently they pick them early and now they're picking them later. So Michelle and I will go down to Southern California probably sometime towards the end of April. Yeah, and then they should just appear immediately, basically. They have very little time okay. left. So um, <laughs> Michelle was able to get shelving for her stuff um, easier than I've been able to get shelving. So she's considerably more set up. I'm literally, if you can hear this, surrounded by boxes. And actually, this room is slightly smaller than my last podcasting room. So I'm going to rely vastly more heavily on the shelving as a means of, of carrying stuff. But, you know, it's a space. I've got my podcasting stuff set up. Obviously, I'm Excellent. working from home perpetually. So I also, you know, work out of this room as well. So, you know, it's, it's okay. The um, house in San Jose is under offer. A gentleman actually who's a graduate of University of Adelaide although he's based in San Jose, purchased it, so or at least put in the contract for it. Yeah, small world. I think that was where my, my brother's very, a graduate very from world, University yeah. of Adelaide. Too. <laughs> it's, uh, in fact, both, I think both my parents are as well. Um, my father did some postgrad at Flinders, but aside from that, both my parents are also graduates of University of Adelaide, so yeah, very small world. Um, but yeah, yeah that... Just like my son. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a funny thing, actually, because I wrote a long disclosure. I mean, folks may be familiar, if you listen to any of my other podcasts, with just how colourful this neighbourhood is. Colourful meaning gun crime, no policing, etc. I wrote a page and a half disclosure associated with the house. But yeah, this fellow's still... And he's not going to flip it or do anything like that. He wants to live in it uh, with his family. Okay. So, yeah, which is what it is. Yeah, interesting. Uh, once, once I'm free from... San Jose in all particular fashions. It's interesting. I had been sold this idea that we would have a narrowboat fund for the UK, but Michelle says only until after COVID is fully clear or at least international travel restrictions are, are available. So we'll have to see how that plays out. You know, we, we've had our first round of the vaccination. Mm-hmm. So we've got the AstraZeneca. Oh, interesting, interesting. And it was interesting. There was an, a medical note that appeared this week that said if you had a history of heparin-induced thrombosis, perhaps not to take it. The medical note came out two days after Kay and I had it, and mm. she's already had that condition. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I, I occasionally watch British television, and the, the kind of strange, I don't know what they call it, vaccination nationalism, I think it's the terminology that they're using. It's all very, very curious. Not sure what we'll get here. I think it's probably going to be a two-jab thing. Yeah, Michelle and I aren't qualifying yet, so we'll just have to wait and see. I think we'll probably have it after the twins are born, just because of leading into that thing. Yeah, it's interesting following what's going on in Australia and, you know, the lockdowns, non-lockdowns, this kind of stuff. And it's in, Nevada is considerably more open than California is currently. 
So in terms of this year, obviously you're moving into winter. You're you're reverse seasoned from the US. So I've been asking a lot of my American and English participants so far what their plans are for the summer months. In terms of the winter months for you guys, I mean, you've obviously, you know, got a bunch of bugs to fix, so to speak. The locomotives are the top priority. What are the top priorities? Firstly, it's getting back together again and doing some things because, you know, last year it didn't work too well. So we, we've started some sessions getting together doing some modelling so that's uh, already kicked off as well as we want to get some operations back and the Adelaide Monorailway show is actually going to go ahead this year. Interesting, interesting. Albeit there's COVID rule. Mm -hmm. More garden railways hopefully, right? More open air displays I would imagine. Is it through the winter months or when is it? It's all all in the the Greyhound racing track inside the the Benning Arena. (laughs) (laughs) So they wouldn't put it out on the track. It has to stay inside. Okay. No, no, I can't do that. Unless, <laughs> It'll <unless>. rain. <laughs> of course. But, you know, half the fun of gun railway is uh, the rain, right? <laughs> we'll live so, steam. So Don's putting a layout in. Wonderful. It just turns out that you might remember Peter Rees from Tarawan in Victoria. Sir? He's moving to Sale. Okay. Uh, and he's asked me to come and help move his fragile and model, model stuff with him. Gosh. And guess what? It's that weekend. <laughs> uh, alas. So, so which um, way are you headed? You're headed to sale, I'm assuming, or headed to help pack? Yeah, it, it's it's looking pretty much like I'll go and give Peter a hand. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, he's come and give me a hand. He, he Just after Christmas, he came over and um, we did the, the new backbone wiring for the new booster and all that stuff. Mm. So. He's come and given me a hand where I needed it, so I've probably got to go and give him a hand when he needs it. <laughs> certainly, certainly. Interesting. Usual Australian mateship stuff. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And well, you uh, Uncle Larry's on. So, yes, uh, yes, he's next. Hello to Uncle Larry. He's next. And, uh, and I built uh, a couple of his Speedos, portable mm. versions, one for me and one for, for Wayne. Wonderful. They seem to be working okay. Terrific. Which is good. We'll pass on my regards to your crew. And let them know, certainly, over the past year's insanity. It's funny that uh, we, I think, I can't recall whether it was officially 2020 or still 2019 when we got together and you were, you know, post-flood recovery mode in the centre of Adelaide. But I certainly followed along whatever's yeah, going no, on we, with we, you folks. we actually so. got together in January 2020 because the flood was, happened, okay. I think. Interesting, interesting. Was it, was it the year before? Jeez, I don't know, I get a bit foggy. <laughs> Yeah. I was thinking uh, it must be. Um, the other yeah. thing is, um, Spacky's uh, building a new house. Wonderful. He's at the moment his modelling and twelve inch of the foot following mm. is somewhat restricted because he's trying to do up his old house to sell. Mm. Whether we get to go up there and do the the annual Afghan trip this year or not, it's a bit iffy because of um, what's happening. Because I think Jock's having to look after his parents and not. Yes. They're getting quite getting on quite yes. well now. So this year's trip to Port Augusta for the weekend might not happen. So. Mm. Well, Spack has anyway. called in periodically, so my hope is when he gets a chance, he can give us an update. Be good to catch up with him. But yes, the the selling houses, buying houses, just getting houses ready, all that kind of stuff is forefront of my mind still. So pass on oh, my yes. regards if you have an opportunity yes, to talk about it. It's one of the big stresses of life, moving house. <laughs> That's why we did three in one go. That's why we whacked it all together in this twin business. Wanted to maximize the, uh, or m- minimize the amount of time, maximize the stress in the smallest amount of time, which uh, yeah. we did successfully, thankfully, hopefully. Anyway, Jim, right, always a pleasure. Up, Tom. 
I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. I would like to welcome on Lawrence Eggering, a.k.a. Uncle Larry. One of the really fun things about the nearly weekly recordings of 2020 was I felt I spent a good portion of time chatting with Uncle Larry. In terms of the past four months, what has been going on with the model railroading hobby and you? Boy, it's as always, it's been incredibly busy. The partial retirement thing is not working out in the way I had planned on. I, I'm still building the uh, 6 by 10 layout. We've gone through a couple of iterations on the yard design, so... Uh, we haven't finalized that yet, but the uh, maintenance at that site is is a regular event. Building some kits, I've rejoined the club and been to three operating sessions in the past three months. Interesting. Which, that's been fun. The last operating session, all of us have been double shot, if you will. Mm. And so we were able to remove the masks and wow. get a sense of normalcy. Gosh. Fortunately, Jacksonville is in the... We're under 3% positivity rate in the testing area. Mm. So we, um, we've, re- they've removed the mask mandate anyway. Gosh. However, you know, we're going to keep it if someone is, is susceptible and has mm. not been shot just because we care about each other. Certainly. You know? I've been working on a couple of, uh, specialized Arduino projects that are n- not really noteworthy. They're just little things that someone needs, mm. you know, and, Jim so kindly mentioned my speedometers, and and I got to thinking about him. Someone on YouTube, their complaint about my video was that it wasn't in kilometers. And I guess I could create one in kilometers, but I don't know anybody other than our friend Clark Kooning who might want one. You know what I mean? So Mm. if the need is out there in the community, reach out. I I can, you know, do the math quickly enough. Yes. and I think so, the Arduino probably can as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's probably faster and smarter than me. So, <laughs> alas, yes, alas, alas, that's probably true. So it's been um, more of the same. I'm uh, building kits, doing installs and repairs, and helping people with layouts and all that. And now that uh, we had our first ninety degree day yesterday and Gosh. today. I'm starting to feel the summer urge hit me, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. So, what does that mean for you specifically? In terms, of, does it just uh, mean a change of hobbies? Does it mean getting no, out more? What does it no, mean? it means getting out and you know going to lunch and sitting at the my favorite coffee shop and just having a coffee in the morning because it's seventy five degrees and not fifty. Mm. You know, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, not that I mind 50 being from New England. It, <laughs> that's a warm weather day back then, you know, but, uh, but it's just, it's a little nicer with an ocean breeze in your face at 70 degrees. Very cool. Last year, or maybe the year before, late the year before, I installed air conditioning in my shop, mm. So, uh, which is a gr- my garage, mm-hmm. and that helps a lot. I still spend a ton of time out there. It, it never gets that warm in there now in the summertime, so... Wonderful, wonderful. So in terms of rejoining the club, this I mean, was this something where it was just based on the COVID restrictions? Or I, I seem to recall there was some, perhaps some politics or some history with you not being in the club. There was a little bit of politics, but um, mm. it's been resolved and kind of a mutual agreement that that fellow and I have a, 
a positive respect for each other Very and good. that wasn't being shown at that time. Very good. So, yeah. you know, it was just human nature. Being uh, a wise man, you don't stay where there's an abrasive, trying to put this nicely, where there's an abrasive mood. You know what I'm I mean? In. So, I'm, in. I'm a pretty nice guy overall, I think. And I just chose to step away and let him have his place. And I had mine for a while. And Oddly enough, all of my friends in the club were still my friends all the time. The only thing it gained me by rejoining is I can go up and run a 25 or 30 car train if I desire. Certainly. Well, I'm glad that's uh, resolved itself. Yeah. The humans yeah. are strange things, you know. We really are very strange things. It's amazing we actually get along to the extent that we do, I think. But, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. And also, I think, certainly, who was I talking to recently that had done something similar? And I think they just realized that they, the club was such an important part of their lives leading into it, and it was just nice to return to it. I can't recall who it was I was talking to. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. So I'm glad that you were having a similar experience in terms of, um, you know, putting things aside and returning to, to humans. But in terms of the your retirement, we talked a little bit, I think, last year about how a lot of it is just being more selective associated with the kind of tasks that you take on. Is that kind of continued or are you really now just moving towards not having any tasks and being properly retired? It's not just the tasks of having the business. It's also the I'm selective on things that I do all the way around. In other words, it, I kept getting caught up in these little things that were robbing me of time. And I found that I was struggling to get a day off again, mm. you know, mm. And I I don't have the need for that now. I need more the day off than I do the the staying busy. You know mm. what I mean? Sometimes yes. you just want to go sit in the backyard and stare at the squirrels, you know? Amen. <laughs> yeah, I, I am more selective as to the business, yes. But I find that if I wanted to, honestly, Tom, I could be busy all the time. Certainly. You know? And my tendency, because I grew up, you know, being borderline OCD and nine other alphabet letters mm -hmm. that I have a tendency to just jump in and say, well, I can do this. I'm going to do it. And yes. that's not necessarily the best thing. Yeah, certainly. certainly. Sometimes it's better to just sit back and say, you know, hey, the squirrel ran that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is an interesting phenomenon, the nature of one's own time and the preciousness of one's own time as well. Very good yeah, philosophical. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing more reading and more mm -hmm. study again. And for a while there, it was a struggle to get an hour of reading a week, mm. you know, because you you have to sleep and then, you know, you're up and you're you spend six or eight hours working. And then you have family that that's very important to me, my grandkids and my my daughter and son-in-law and my son and daughter-in-law and ever, all the family are important to me, to you know. You're trying to squeeze everything and, and juggle juggle bananas that are <laughs> flipping through your fingers, you know. Now I, I can I can juggle a beach ball, which is a lot easier. Certainly, know? certainly. Have you dabbled in audio books at all? Do you find audio books as a means of... I, I do more podcasts. If I'm driving, Spotify's become one of my dearest friends. Mm, interesting, know? interesting. I, for years, kind of, I mean, I don't know what it was. But I think my wife insisted, my wife is behind all of this stuff. You know, she was the first one to subscribe to Netflix. She subscribed <laughs> to Netflix about a year and a half prior to me. 
which is very, very curious. But she was the same with Audible. She said, particularly, I've changed the lighting in my reading, which has improved things no end. The dullness of globes and things just frustrated my paper reading. Uh, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, audiobooks for me have been a huge awakening. Well, probably one or two books that I've both read and then listened to following. And it is a very different experience. Uh, but yeah, I now probably 60, 40, 60 audiobooks, 40 reading. And my reading is more eclectic than the audiobooks, which are more formal. But yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot out of audiobooks recently, probably past two, three years. And it was funny, actually, they, uh, Audible was one of the first people to contact me about getting sponsorship on Model Rail Radio. And at the time oh, I was wow. like, no, I'm not interested in this. I'm interested in talking about your service. And now I'm actually incredibly passionate about Audible. I think it's an amazing uh, service. I've had a few colleagues periodically that have either, well, I think all of them have come from Audible as a company. But yeah, yeah I think for me, reading just changed over the past three, four years with the addition of audiobooks. So anyway, in terms of the summer months, and your layout has always been fascinating to me in particular because of the solid backbone of comedy in the layout. But (laughs) do you find yourself, when you're not staring at squirrels, looking at bits of your layout to work on? Is is your layout returning as a focus, or is it still sufficiently functional that you can just enjoy it when you need to enjoy it? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I. um, it is functional, and it works. When I turn it on, I can pretty much, you know, I just uh, went through a six-month track cleaning, which mm. is kind of a routine, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, there's no no electrical gremlins, which I'm, that's ecstatic to me, but I have a bunch of scenery that needs cleaning and refreshing. Oh, yeah. One of the little projects I took on since we talked is I had a couple of River Rossi heavyweights, a, uh, mm. just a regular coach and a, um, a combination RPO and coach and uh i've added lighting to them with the nce lighted board Ooh, and that board is uh they've done a great job on it jim scores has he's got great thought processes mm. on how things work i mean it's the size of a postage stamp mm. and it controls three led outputs and it's got a decoder in it wonderful it runs off dc dcc or it actually will run signals Mm. as in signal masts, et cetera. Certainly. But it uses the JMRI interface mm. as far as the signaling goes. So I put them in the car, and the other thing he built into it is a 5-volt, which is odd, okay, 5-volt mm-hmm. interface for Keep Alive. Mm-hmm. Most of them are 12 volts. But mm. I was able to pick up some one-farad capacitors and mm-hmm. hook them into the thing, and the thing never blinks. And, in fact, uh, when I turn the layout off, they stay, if they're turned on, they will stay lit for five to eight minutes. Gosh. Like in the uh, baggage portion of the combine, mm-hmm. I, I used the effect he had of a flickering, failing fluorescent tube. Oh, yes. So it, it randomly comes on and off and, and all that, and it's Wonderful. in that baggage portion it looks really pretty cool cool and that along with the um i put a youtube video out oh my gosh i don't know how long ago that's gotten really good results on how i pick up power using uh, intermountain wheels mm. and a piece of uh, phosphor bronze tubing mm. and it works just incredibly well you know i'm literally using one wheel 
on each of the power leads with these things. I don't even have them at both trucks or anything. Interesting. And they just rock solid. It just wow. works great. I've done since then probably 10 or 12 cabis. Mm-hmm. You know, the cabooses. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> that with the same type of setup, um, one of my customers wanted one with a flashing rear light and mm-hmm. a porch light over the other Ooh, end, nice. as well as lighting in the inside. Mm-hmm. So I've done that. Yeah, and I've got two mo- two of those left on the bench to do this coming week. So, and and it takes me about an hour and a half to do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat. I mean, of course, I have you know being a a soundtracks dealer, I am not shy about saying that. I have uh, sound cars that I've put in a couple of cabooses, too, mm-hmm. and uh, they work quite well. Uh, the, the problem you have with them is just a place for the sound to escape. Certainly. You know, if most of the cab- cabooses, if you put windows in them, are sealed up so well. Yeah, certainly. You have to cut a hole somewhere. Yeah. Typically, you got to be careful in the bottom because you don't want to lose any of the structural support. Yes, yes. Yeah. Interesting. I like the idea of, a, of an RPO on the Snowsitcher's layout because it could introduce mail fraud into the long litany of charges that could be brought against them. So, no, I think that that is very nice. I'm, I always love seeing RPO on, on folks' layouts and the fact that the Snowsitcher's have one. Yeah. Uh, delicious. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Ah, okay, Larry. So, okay, I get a sense of it now. In terms of the scenery touching up, this is a, a topic that I like to talk to folks about because I think people have slightly different philosophies with regards to these things. With, with your layout, 20, was it, when was it, uh, 96 was when you started your layout? Yeah, late 96, yeah. Yeah, so 24, 25 years. In terms of modern uh, techniques, do you feel the need to modernise the layout in terms of the techniques you use? Like when you do the, the dust-up clean-up, uh, do you add slightly more static grass or things like that? Or do you like to maintain the time period that the layout was built in uh, associated with like maintaining those scenery techniques? I am adding a little more static grass, but at the time we were, we didn't realize it, but we were probably ahead of the curve, my friend Richard and I. Mm. We were sifting longer fibers through a sieve, you know, mm-hmm. and... They stood up straight, mm-hmm. akin to static grass. Yes. So we have a lot of that effect around. And, for instance, in the swamp scenes and Certainly. in the river scenes, we automatically did that. You know, a dab of white glue and stand them up straight. Yep. And so, you know, that I can't do much with. And that's the amazing thing. The uh, the magic water is coming up on 23 years old. Gosh. And other than wiping the top of it off, I'm having no problems with the mm. stuff. Just no creeping away from the edge, or and you know, for twenty plus years, my layout was not climate controlled. It was mm. cold and hot. Uh, now I did uh, in the summer. You know, I would open the door, and it would be a little more tolerable in the evenings. You know, mm. but it still got over ninety during the day in there, and in the so- winter. I'd put a small heater on if I was working out there, but other than that, it w- would be 60. Mm. So, you know, that's held up really, really well. I'm, I find I'm a little more finicky now than I was, and we were finicky then. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm going to change a few things. For instance, there's some ballasting that I'm just really not happy with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll, and fortunate, fortunately it was all done with 
white glue, so a little water and yep. you know, let it soak, and I can vacuum it up and redo that. You know, overall, it's more about the colors just faded. Certainly. You know, you can I can take an airbrush and a little bit of time and kind of refresh that too. You know what I mean? Just a light dusting and, mm-hmm. and rather than strip it out completely. You know, it's it, honestly, Tom, it's not terrible right now. It's mm-hmm. really not. But it's more about, you know, I'm a little more picky. I painted all the rail, so that really looks nice. But I realized I didn't spend a lot of time on the um, ties. Mm. So <laughs> I will go back with a small brush and in the highly visible areas, add that next level of, of weathering, you know, to that. Because everybody knows rails are models, too. Amen. Amen. It is interesting, the tie phenomena. I think I was talking with Ted Roy towards the end of last year, and I think he also noted that in terms of eye-catching, going back over the ties, neatening them up, making them more the present, yeah, I think it's something that, as you say, people get to a stage in their layout where they're like, this is the next layer of improvement. And in terms of visibility, I'm wondering if I've ever seen a video of your layout or if I've just seen still images. Are the videos of your layout available online? I think I did a layout tour in YouTube in one of my early okay. YouTube videos. If you give me a second, I'll look. <laughs> I think I did. It was goofing around with a camera called the Looks-C, L-O-O-X-C-I-E. And they're still available on eBay, but they're, there's no support for them, but I still use mine. I mm. I have one that's all those years old, and it works wonderfully. I actually found a Lionel Strang video on my stuff. I actually <laughs> caught him uh, running a train one day at a train show. Oh. I've forgotten about that one. I'm yet to meet Lionel. He's one of the few folk. Oh, I haven't met you either. I mean, I guess yeah. I feel like I've met you, but I haven't met you. Um, yeah, we've spent enough time together that we could be friends if even when we meet, you know? <laughs> yes, believe me, believe me. But, yeah, I, I need to get to Florida. I think certainly with the twins, yes. doing road trips is just going to be absolutely centrally important. Um, <laughs> For sanity. Yeah. Okay, so interestingly, my first video on YouTube was a trip around my layout prior to me making a, a, a minor change at one end of the layout. Mm. But you would get the basic idea. Okay, very cool. I'll go back and look at it at, uh, at some stage. Now, this Luxie camera, what was the resolution on it? It's 1040p. Oh, okay. Okay, so not too shabby at all. Very good. And it's the size of a lipstick case, if you mm, want to gosh. put it in. It's a little heavy for that size. I'd say it probably weighs four or five ounces. Mm. But it, we, well, I was the one that found it, and then several guys in the area bought them. Mm. And there's another one that's out there, but the Luxie, actually, if you have an older Android phone, there's software that you can Wi-Fi monitor what's being shown on mm, the camera. Interesting. Similar to what a GoPro does. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't remember who bought. Somebody bought Luxie and then basically shut it down. Mm. And it may have been GoPro. I don't want to accuse them of that. No, but, that's uh, possible. <laughs> it's uh, 1040p, and if, if you look at any of the layout tours that I do, I did them all with the Luxie, and it's got incredible. Uh, incredible resolution and depth of field is crazy mm. good it's really interesting there's another one i have called an sq8 that's even smaller and lighter but it doesn't offer the wi-fi function so you're kind of 
you know, it's a swag until you get it downloaded, so, you know. Interesting. The look works great. I actually, uh, about six months ago, bought two of them, two more. Mm-hmm. I thought, because I can't imagine my life being without one. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I will need to check it out, Uncle Larry. I'll need to. Uh, I, I probably have seen it. That's actually my suspicion, that the elements of your layout probably don't come from all static photos and may actually come from this video. So looking forward to looking at it. In terms of the next four to six months, any major plans aside from watching the squirrels? <laughs> yeah, um, my wife and I have resumed our desire to go to Ireland. Mm. And we want to do about a month-long tour Wonderful. to Ireland. Wonderful. So that would require serious planning. So I'm I'm looking at probably a year and a half on that. <laughs> um, the National Neurogauge Convention is in September in um, North Carolina. Interesting. And our club is looking to be invited to set up up there again. That we did it. Gosh, I want to say it's 15 years ago or something gosh. up there. Gosh. And so we're going to combine that with a a little one week vacation and possibly go to the uh, Mid Atlantic RPM up there with Bernie Kapinski mm. right after because it's the following weekend. Mm. A trip to North Carolina in the mountains. Yes. Followed by an, a MARPA might be a stretch for my wife and her railroading tolerance, but <laughs> I think we'll probably uh, add some things that will keep her equally mm. happy along the what, way. What are your wife's hobbies? Grandkids. Grandkids. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, she loves her grandkids. Well, she sews. Mm-hmm. She's very crafty. If you give her, you know, she's one of those people that you say, it would be neat to see this. All of a sudden, she will have created it, mm-hmm. you know. So she does that. Uh, lately, she's been very fascinated with these abandoned house and uh, castle tours on YouTube. Oh, yes. You know? Believe me. And hours and hours and hours of that. Does she download the Eastern European former Soviet Union ones, or does she have a particular location she likes? She's watching all of them, including the U.S. ones now. Mm. So <laughs> I I find it fascinating for odd other reasons. And I love antique furniture. Oh, and yes. When they were built by craftsmen. And you go to those things and you see pieces of furniture that are three and 400 years old that yes. are still hold up today, Certainly you know, true. as far as quality goes. Well, maybe even better. <laughs> yeah. I, Quite I, comfortably, I, yes. Yeah, it says the guy who hates Ikea. Oh, me? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't hate Ikea. I just, uh, I understand the premise, and it's okay, but you won't find a piece here. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. For instance, our spare bedroom set is was uh, built in 1931, mm. and it's a solid cherry with with dovetail drawers and all the joints are, you know, and the thing looks forever more better than anything you can buy today. Certainly. You know? Yes. Uh, yes. Other than it's short. Because <laughs> <laughs> people were shorter. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's fascinating. I I spend a good portion of my time either on English narrowboats or, as you say, these amazing videos. I... For whatever reason, I think YouTube markets the Eastern European former Soviet Union ones to me specifically. But yeah, I just find those things fascinating too. So it's a, a part of my periodic YouTube watching as well as uh, just the nature of, I don't know, it's not, it's not civilizations. It's the, just the ebb and the flow of former superpowers and the speed 
in which people fled areas and, you know, changing, just the changing, I don't know, populations, basically. It always strikes me as really fascinating. The fact that they would have no desire to take things that would seemingly be collectible or of Mm. concern to keep, you know, pictures, things like that. It's uh, it's interesting. The nature of some of these places was their exodus was pretty gruesome, right? Yeah. They just had to get out quickly. Interesting stuff. (laughs) I have also have missed talking with you. I was thinking about that when I saw you do the show posting and I said, I will make some time because I haven't spoken to my friend in a long time. Yes. So I'm still, uh, the the major project I'm working on, aside from twins, shelving, survival, living in Las Vegas once again, I talked to you, I think, about the Operation Sea Lion project, which is just a large-scale simulation project. I've been working on that two, three hours a night through the move, through every aspect of it, and I'm still not making any real progress on it. But it is a really fascinating, and I'm getting a lot more data, and all of it is data processing up front. But, yeah, that is uh, still a heavy motivating factor in my life. I found a couple of like esoteric objects from that. The first thing I found was a list of all the various, you know, like scouting groups and what have you, um, which was heavily classified up until, obviously, the end of the war. But I was able to get one of those booklets very cheaply, actually. I think it was about £30. And just the sheer number of people who were involved either covertly or explicitly um, in the home guard is just astonishing, absolutely astonishing. But all that has to be digitally added somehow, or at least described somehow through this. Uh, but yeah, that's still a large part of my life. Um, not really much else has changed. I mean, it's just a Vegas for us is so familiar, although it has changed quite a bit in 10 years. Michelle has been back here more frequently than I have. We live in a completely different area. We live in a three homeowners association layered gated community now. So it is a little bit like the Truman Show when you walk out your door and wave to your neighbours. But it is so quiet and so peaceful and so unlike where we were living in, in San Jose. Um, you did have a few challenges out there, just a couple, to say the least. Just a couple. Uncle Larry, a pleasure catching up with you, as always. Um, as one can never anticipate these things, my current projection is maybe somewhere in the fourth or fifth month I'll start recording Model Wild Radio. These two recordings which have occurred today, and mainly just because I miss talking to people, actually. And I was fine, able to find the equipment, <laughs> too, which is <laughs> critical. So I was able to get the equipment. Yeah, the moving experience was interesting, but I was absolutely positively decided that I should pack into generic boxes with relatively generic labels, um, which just... Uh, I also assumed that I had a master cabinet maker here who was going to build shelving as soon as I arrived. That also kind of went by the wayside. But, yeah, the, the fact that I found my mic and a couple of laptops and some connectors, which are really critical for my podcast recordings, enabled today's recordings. Uh, but, yeah, my hope is maybe I might um, – I mean, if it's really late April, I might record another one or two um, through the through the month. Uh, but, yeah, then we'll have to see. The, the, we'll have to see um, when the twins arrive. Well, the quality of imaging, I don't know in, in terms of, I don't know how young your youngest grandchild is, but I have had so much 3D imaging of these twins mm-hmm. given to you me. You feel like you know them. It's yeah. not just that. You know one of them is considerably more physically active than the other one. It's also mm-hmm. slightly bigger. You know their faces, their face shapes. This whole thing is really very 
strange. It's, it seems to be really only in the past two to five years they've really abused this technology. And quite frankly, yes. it's almost exhausting. Yeah. But it's, it's, I have um, friends mm-hmm. that were friends of my daughter's who mm-hmm. have had children recently, so they, I've seen a lot of that. So you're talking about interesting uh, laptop finding laptops. My project this week that I should have mentioned earlier was I had to reload Windows XP onto an old laptop so that I could use my Alps printer. I remember seeing that, actually. You posted it on Facebook, right? Yes, yes, I did. That was, that was quite an endeavor. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the vintage computing market that's required to keep everything still going, it's a very real phenomenon. It's a very real phenomenon. If only they'd make things more compatible going forwards. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, a pleasure chatting as always. A pleasure chatting as always, Lawrence. Really liking all your Facebook updates. I'll go back and watch the Snossiches. Of, of a few years ago and yeah when this thing goes back to some degree of recording normalcy uh i look forward to catching up with you again i i agree and I'm, now you've uh, provoked me into maybe i need to do another tour around the layout you know Ooh, so that'd be very nice <laughs> might be a fun project one day so. most definitely most definitely anyway great chatting with you as always take care yes same Short show, slightly shorter than anticipated. Quality, not quantity, though. Great catching up with folks. The Snossiches live. The Snossiches live, most definitely. Most <laughs> definitely. Great catching up with everyone. And, yeah, like I was saying, we've got a layout design contest that I need to announce, so that is something that will very definitely uh, be coming in the feed. And also, I don't know how many shows I have to edit. I've got about seven of them. But now I have my editing laptop back. I'm going to prioritize getting these shows out. And then I'll go back in the feed. Lots of humor, lots of anecdotes, lots of stuff uh, to get in there. So you'll see 201, 202, and then you'll see the ones that have been missing leading up to 200. So thanks to everyone for, uh, for participating today, and thanks to the folks for listening in.